T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's Football Friday on The Fan. Block somebody! This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the ALNA Sportsbook. Watch the games on the region's largest video wall and wager on your team at the ALNA Sportsbook. Football Friday with Danny and Dusty on 1080. Take the fight to them. The Fan. Hour number three. Yeah, you were very confused about that. Yeah, uh, I just had to run out of the studio and then back in because uh, <laughs> Rob, Rob left his phone. It's a whole, it's a whole deal. He left his phone with his wife. He sent a text message to her. It's, it's, it's neither here nor there. We're fine. <laughs> I just, I just saw the look on Russ's face. Like, why is why is the host running out of the studio right now? I just had to uh, communicate something really quick. All right, we're good. We're good. All right. <clears throat> Hour number three. We got a big weekend in uh, Pac-12 football this week. I, I mean, this is exactly what you want if you're George Klyovkov, if you are a fan of Pac-12 football in general. It is um, you have two games in the final two weeks of the season where your conference title is still de- being decided. And, and not And not in a crappy way. No, like it's good. Good things happen. Teams winning is good, not full cannibalization. Now, don't get me wrong. The next two weeks, there could be full cannibalization. It would be like, oh god, here we go again. But you have an opportunity. Yeah, yes, you have an opportunity for. Uh, I mean, heavy hitters to go and meet up. And look, I think either way that it breaks for the Pac-12, it's good news for for the conference because they will have a shot regardless. Of, of what happens for the conference to get into the college football playoff. I mean, if you look at it, um, there are – this guy, Doug Scott, who is a smarter man than, than we are, he kind of sorted out how the final two weeks need to play out in the different scenarios for which teams will meet up in the Pac-12 title game. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his chart, it can be a little bit daunting – uh, when you first take a look at it, but it, if you kind of n- narrow it down, there's essentially 34 different uh, scenarios in that that'll play out over the next two weeks. And of those 34 scenarios, you ha- have 23 of those 34. Utah is involved in the in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh huh. Um, and in in those 23. Look, a lot of it hinges on 
the outcome of this weekend's game between Oregon and Utah. Uh, because for Oregon, there's 19 of these scenarios have Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. 16 of them hinge on Oregon winning this week. Oh, I mean, the magnitude of Oregon and Utah, it is incredibly high for the the outlook in what I think a lot of Oregon fans would consider a successful season. Because if, if for the Ducks, you're sitting at eight wins right now. You're 8-2 and two on the year. We were talking about this with Joey Harrington yesterday. A, a 10-win season... That should that's a that's a successful year if you're Oregon, for if you're anybody a ten win season should be something that you uh, aspire to achieve. I know that, you know the way that it went with an eight game win streak that can kind of change things for you. But at the same time, <clears throat> if Oregon wins and gets I think the a conference title game in ten wins, that I don't think I don't think anybody in the world should say that was anything but a successful year if Oregon does that. Again, Joey highlighted this the eleventh yeah. time yeah. in Duck history, and they've been around for how many years? One hundred and five. Yeah, yeah. So Oregon winning this game is that's huge. For it's massive. Where the expectations are of this season and in achieving your goals. Right? Dan Lanning's first year, they take he takes the Ducks to a Pac-12 title game. Yeah, like I, <laughs> pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Um, in eighteen of those thirty-four scenarios. USC is representing the Pac-12. Um, and I think that it just as you look at the Oregon-Utah game, the winner is in the driver's seat in uh, to get to a, a conference title game. For USC, it's a, winning you're in. A, a win in you are in. A loss and you have, uh, of the 18 opportunities, uh, according to this chart, 15 of them are USC wins you're in. Yeah, so there's three opportunities if USC loses to get in. Yes, and what they would need is, um, I I believe it is, you would need Oregon State to beat Oregon, and then one of them is is a weird one, tiebreakers. Washington State needs to beat Washington, and UCLA needs to beat Cal. That's how you would end up getting in um, for your USC. Winning you're in, though, is exactly the where three teams are with two weeks to play. In, in the Pac-12 conference championship game race. And with Oregon, you look at it and you go, how do you feel confidence-wise going up against a team that has had your number in the last few years? Mm-hmm. They beat Oregon handily twice just a year ago. Mm-hmm. Now, different coaching staff, different, Personnel, largely certainly. different roster, you know. But there still is that in the back of a lot mm-hmm. of players' heads. I mean, there's just some teams that play others. Really, yeah, always consistently. Also, the reality of Bo Nix may not being able to go, and that is a huge one. Like that one right there is absolutely massive. And everything that I have heard is that Bo Nix has been trending, you know, better and better with each day that Oregon has gone through the week, but. The preparation is with, you know, I mean, and Chris Hudson said it, you know, it's Bo, Bo obviously down, you know, it's the next man up. He, Chris Hudson said that um, accidentally in a uh, <laughs> press availability earlier this week. They're, they're preparing as if Ty Thompson will be the quarterback for that game. I would not, in, in I will say this from what I've heard, 
I would not be surprised if Bo Nix is in a uniform on, on tomorrow night. And maybe, maybe the Utah this the last yeah. second. Yeah, but if the you know the Hudson coming out and saying kind of ruins the surprise a little bit. I would say so yeah. because nobody knew the Cam Rising thing. They had a bye week and then a week of preparation, and then they didn't and tell. Knew. Anybody on the broadcast staff, so it never got out. Yeah, but as the week has gone on, and look, these things happen where sometimes you have injuries where on Monday and Tuesday, it doesn't look like that guy's going to be able to go at all. Not one bit, but then... Then then some treatments, Wednesday starts doing some throwing on the side. Thursday starts running with the twos. And then Friday at walkthrough, he's like, hey, you know, I think I can give this thing a go. Regardless of of if it is bone nicks or not, if you have Bo Nix, it'll be a very limited Bo Nix. And one of the things that has made him so dynamic and this offense so electric is the threat that he poses to defenses with his legs because he has the ability to rip off an 80-yard run. See the Stanford game. You know, he has the ability to keep plays alive in his eyes downfield and finding Troy Franklin or Dante Thornton when they get loose behind a defense. And if you do not have that threat with Bo Nix, this offense changes dramatically. And that is what, in my gut, kind of tells me no matter what, we're going to see Ty Thompson tomorrow. Yikes. Well, that, and yeah, that is a yikes. And again, I'm not saying that is like a, a detriment to Ty Thompson. He could end up being a good quarterback. Bo Nix has been everything. Bo Nix has there. There are two teams right now in the Pac-12 where the quarterback has been everything. Caleb Williams and Bo Nix. Yeah, they are. They have both been two of probably the five, six best quarterbacks in the country this year. Mm-hmm. Without their quarterbacks, they are four, maybe five win teams, quite literally. Yeah, that's how important they are. And that's not a again not a slight of Ty Thompson. It's just that Bo Nix has been that good. And if you're going up against a Utah team that has had your number and you don't have your dude, and Utah has their dude. In a dude match, you're losing. <laughs> yeah, you are. And in college football, it is nearly impossible to overcome that. And there is something that is going on with Utah that it's a hallmark of great coach teams, and we know that Kyle Whittingham does this with very good defenses usually and turns them into great. He has turned a shaky defense into a very stable defense as the season has gone on. And the reality is that the Oregon defense will need to get stops tomorrow in Hudson Stadium to win that game if, if Bo Nix is going to be there. They're needing to get multiple stops. And, you know, we will finally get to see, you know, the what Ty Thompson is in a full game where it is him. And I, I think that there's, there's a part that is a little bit exciting about that because he does have some flashes, but you saw, you know, the series that he got the three and out where they were just, they were going to run the ball no matter what. Um, and they were just trying to white-knuckle it to get Bonix potentially back in the game. And then the fourth down where, look, I know a lot of fans say if Bonix or if uh, Ty Thompson pulls that, then, you know, he could get the first down. Uh, I don't think so. That linebacker played that perfectly. I don't know who number five is for Washington, but he came off the edge and he went off the hip of the, the defender. His eyes were in the backfield waiting for somebody to pop out. And when he saw no ball uh, with Thompson, he dove right back inside. Like, he played that perfectly. Um, so I don't know if you get that yard or two yards, um, even if he does pull it. But they were that was a straight give no matter what. I mean, it was a give, give, give. 
I, I think that with a full week and tailoring a game plan around the strengths of Ty Thompson, that's something that I would also be excited to see as well. If it is, in fact, Ty Thompson that, that takes um, the snap play one under center for Oregon. But the the fact of the matter is Oregon's going to be in for a dogfight in Autzen Stadium tomorrow. And a 23-game losing streak came to an end last week with Washington. Uh, the worst thing that you could do is is have that eight-game win streak and then end your 23-game home winning streak and start a losing streak. And just start dropping duds. Yeah. Yeesh. Yep. This is uh this is this is gonna be a white knuckle, man. And if you are an Oregon fan, you are rooting for Arizona State tomorrow. Because there is one scenario that U dub can make the Pac twelve title game. <laughs> okay. That one scenario has Oregon beating Utah, USC beating UCLA. And it even has Oregon State winning in the uh, game formerly known as the Civil War. But as the tiebreakers go, Oregon would get in if ASU beats Oregon State this weekend. (laughs) So uh, all is right leading up to the Civil War, where Beaver fans are always going to be rooting against Oregon uh, anyways. And now there's a little extra skin in the game for... Oregon fans to root against the Beavers the week leading into uh, their rivalry matchup with them because it will help the Ducks in the only scenario that would hold them out of the Pac-12 championship game if they win against Utah this this Saturday. How do you feel about how do you feel about your uh, your Trojans in in UCLA? Me or Siri? Uh, yeah, my Siri just went <laughs> on my phone. Uh, how do you feel about it? <sighs> I. Travis Dye being out uh, has me worried. Yeah. Because that is their safety blanket. That is Woody. Caleb Williams' protector. As much as Bo Nix has not gotten sacked this year, Caleb Williams not gotten sacked this year. Not a lot. And well, it, not as much because quite literally nobody has been sacked less than Bo Nix. Exactly. <laughs> but the USC does not have that offensive line, but Caleb Williams is a magician. He is very hard to take down. And also, yeah. Travis Dye is probably the best pass pro running back in college football. And we've talked about this too with with U, UCLA. Their pass rush is relentless. It's man. it's it's definitely good. The flip side of this is USC does have their complement of other weapons back. Jordan Addison is fully healthy. Mario Williams is returning. USC is getting back Eric Gentry. Tui Tui, Tui uh, uh, Pelotu is leading the nation in sacks with eleven and a half a game. Like they are shifting things around. They they got a get-right game against Colorado to kind of get a bit of a tune-up. And I I think they've kind of figured some things out. What I'm very interested to see is, without Travis Dye, is it Rayleigh Brown that they go with, who's tiny, tiny, tiny. Think For Duck fans, think D'Anthony Thomas. Little guy. But he is also just as explosive in the open field. Yeah. Do they put him in the slot? We had uh, Antonio Morales on yesterday. You know, they put him in the slot. They motion him out of the backfield. They just go away from pass pro entirely, and all of a sudden, ask USC to cover one of the shiftiest players in the country in space, alongside Jordan Addison, mm-hmm. alongside Mario Williams, who are back. Everybody's healthy, so it's going to be interesting. I, I'm not as worried about USC's defense as much as I'm wondering just how good USC's offense. Remember the the conversation about USC Utah was can USC's offense do something against Utah's defense mm. because they hadn't really played anybody other than Oregon State. Yeah. 
Like, well, let's see how they match up. And they score 42 points. <laughs> now, the defense got torched, but they've also they had a ton of injuries and they were playing in Utah on <clears throat> one of the most emotional nights probably in Utah in 20 years. Yeah. So let's see how this looks when they're not really on the road. They're traveling 20 minutes down the road from USC to UCLA. I bet you the, the Rose Bowl has more USC fans than UCLA fans. And let's just kind of see how this goes. Complete team that USC has played. And if they're going to get a trip to the Pac-12 title game with a win, they're going to have to earn it. I'm really interested to see how USC's rush defense holds up against UCLA because un- Chip Kelly will not panic. No. He will continue to run the ball. Chip away, chip away, chip away. And USC ranks seventh in the conference Mm -hmm. in rush defense. That's going to be that to me, and I think they're like 95th in yards per carry. Yeah, and here's the thing. Against Oregon State and against Utah, two very heavy running teams who you thought would dictate, USC stood up. That's the weird thing is that it's been wildly inconsistent. Like, What will they end up looking like against Charbonnet? Yeah, and I but in to credit of UCLA, UCLA is far different than even Oregon yeah. State and Utah. Are. I mean, those teams are run heavy. UCLA is run dominant. Yes, they can run the ball on anyone. I'm actually more worried about DTR as a runner than I am about them hitting explosive plays over the top. Yeah, they have struggled. USC has struggled with mobile quarterbacks. Cam Rising, I mean, he marched them down the field basically three times in a row, and it. It had to do with, you know, Vele going over the middle for sure, yep. the game he had. But Cam Rising, every time they needed to play, he was there to make it. Here's a number about Oregon State as they head uh, to Arizona State. Uh, one should have beef fans salivating the other. Should have them a little worried. Danny and Dusty on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the A Sports Sportsbook. On 1080 The Fan. All right, we're talking Pac-12 uh, weekend. What a great weekend it is and, and for the Pac-12. And look, uh, 
We're getting like, I don't know, I want to say like west of the Rockies, getting a little love. Or I guess Rockies and west, because college game day in Bozeman. I'm uh, We went to our, uh, was it, brawl, brawl of the Wild insider Tyson Alger in the 12 o'clock hour to talk Montana, Montana State, little Cat Grizz action earlier. Um, and now you have some of the best games in college football this weekend are out west. I mean, you think of the meaningful football games, number 10 Utah at number 12 Oregon, in uh, the status of Bonex being in the air. That is a huge storyline heading into this. You have USC uh, in UCLA in a 7-16 matchup. And those are the only top 25 matchups in college football this weekend. And they're out west. I mean, let's go. It's bound to happen. The, the, the war of attrition, not only injuries, but, you know, there, there could only be so many SEC teams, no matter what they try, in the top 25, you know. By the time you get this late in the season, they've all played each other. Well, and they got their turd games before they have the rivalries. Like, Bama's going to beat up on Austin P. They, 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 they do it right. They yeah. They set up their seasons, they get their midseason buys, mm-hmm. and then they all get a softy. Listen, USC, if nothing, is smart. They get Colorado before uh, UCLA. Mm-hmm. Like their Oregon schedule was set up right before their their rivalry weeks. Yeah, they well, just, they have three. They have gauntlets. Pac twelve just set up their teams with gauntlets at to the close end. the season. I mean, unknowingly, like you didn't know. What, you didn't think UW the four and eight team was going to be there? You didn't think USC the four and eight team was going to be there? Yeah, but here we are. In the way that like Notre Dame and UCLA had their seasons kind of blossom. You know, Notre Dame, from the turd burger that Marcus Freeman started with to where they're at now, uh, pretty remarkable to see them play football. And that'll be who USC finishes up with. And then UCLA with Chip Kelly, man, that, that guy worked the portal um, just as well as, as Lincoln Riley did to make their teams from, you know, also rands to legitimate conference title contenders. It's been really fun to watch. Um, but Oregon State heads down to a little place called... Arizona State this weekend. And down in the desert, uh, this is going to be an early kick. ESPN 2, 11.15 a.m. Beavs, seven and a half point favorites here. Uh, this is a remarkable stat. Um, the not, It isn't just that the Beavs are, are winning tight games and playing great defense at the end of ball games. Mm-hmm. You know, over the past five games... Oregon State has held opponents to a combined 306 total yards rushing. <laughs> is that good? That is remarkable mm. to think of. This defense w- couldn't st- stop a cold last year. And now the best defense in the conference. Now their rush defense has come into its own. And, and granted, schedule plays plays into their favor. But you're talking five games, 306 total yards rushing. That's incredible to think about. Angie Machado was on this very early in the season and talked about, yes, this defense is going to be the backbone of this team. Yeah, She said this team could win 10 games. Yeah. They aren't going to get there in the regular season, but they got real close. Mm-hmm. And there has been on the back of their defense because with Chance Nolan out, they, not even anything. They, they, they've had nothing from the quarterback the last couple of weeks. So they have lived on their defense, mm-hmm. forcing turnovers, mm-hmm. getting scores. Mm-hmm. And providing them a good field position. And then they just beat the hell out of an opponent on the ground. And that will enable itself for some teams to lean towards more of the passing game. Mm-hmm. 
But if you look at the score last week, it was it was a thirty eight ten. Yes, that game ten game in the sense of like the offense was driving that. Mm-mm. It was a game where Cal could have, had they been successful, run the ball, but Jay Knott was bottled up, and the week before against against USC. He got loose, mm-hmm. and he made it difficult for USC. Well, and your offense is helping your defense out by yeah. playing complementary football and making it so Cal couldn't run the ball and just kill the clock. And be their identity. And that's, again, a credit to this Beavs team who, flat out, to me, is unquestionably the best defense in the conference. Um, re- unquestioned yeah. best defense. Yeah, The only thing they don't have is a pass rush. But they stop the run, and you can't go over the top on them. Yeah, Washington State is still pretty damn good. Utah is as well. I mean, Utah is, I mean, they are you can pass coming in Utah. into their own. But you can pass in Utah. You know that they allow fewer yards per game than Oregon State. I know. Yeah, I mean, they, they uh, I'm just watching. Clarkville's pretty damn good. Listen, I, that Utah defense is good. I watched one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and Caleb Williams, <clears throat> look like hell against Oregon State. And he has not looked like that against anybody else. Oh. <laughs> no, it's not just because it's USC. It's because it's... Listen, let's see how... If Bo Nix is healthy against Oregon State, let's see how he looks. Yeah. If Oregon State... And again, if they look like they did against USC, I wouldn't be surprised. <clears throat> you wouldn't be surprised what? They, if Oregon State looks as good on defense against Bo Nix as they did against Caleb Williams. Oh, I, I think they're completely different offense and styles. I mean, styles make fights, right? And matchups make sure. make games, too. Um, but I, I think Oregon State's in a really good place right now. They're, they are playing really good on that side of the football. And uh, they're going down to an Arizona State team that, you know, that's a broken program right now. And they, they got their win over Colorado. They beat Washington a, a few weeks back. But Washington really figured out their S after that game. Um, they're good at home. Uh, way better at home than they are on the road. And, look, Tempe's been a ho- house of horrors for Oregon State. Uh, I saw a stat that the Beavs are 1-19 in, in Tempe since 1972. Good God. 1-19. and 19. <laughs> Listen, man, Beavers don't like a drive. <laughs> that, that is brutal. Only win, 2009. 2009. They went down there and they won. Hmm. All right, um, so we got a great week at a Pac-12. Pac-12 will be highlighted. Other than that, it's going to be a rough sled in, in college football this week. Uh, let's get to a little NFL. Uh, here's Rust with SportsCenter. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the a and Sportsbook. On 1080 The Fan. Just feels like one of those Can you put a little more bass in your voice? Oh, yeah. How you doing, baby? Baby, come back to me. Sport me sexy. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know how to transition off of that. Um, professional segue. Baby, come back to sports. God, you're, they don't pay you the medium bucks for nothing. Professional. God, you're good. God, you're good. Jeez. Um, 
So we have got a situation this uh, weekend in the National Football League. Go on. We've got multiple <laughs> divisions that if the playoffs were to start today, every damn team in the division would get in. AFC East, NFC East, both have it. Okay? God. The beasts. But here's the thing is that we make a big deal of like, hey, if the playoffs started today, you know, every team in the AFC East would get it. Well, uh, spoiler alert, they all have to play each other. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. But <laughs> and, it's interesting because it's the middle of the season. Yeah, but here we go with the, well, yeah, we're like in the back half of the season now. Um, but we got one with the Jets and the Patriots where, you know, the the big stat that the Jets are playing really good football. I, I mean, they are. When Zach Wilson doesn't get in the way, this team's defense is good. They they have overcome injuries to Breesaw, who was, you know, probably the rookie of the year before he got hurt. Not probably. He was. And it, it, he gets hurt, and that's usually when the Jets are like, well, good season, guys. Back we'll it up. see you next year. No, they've still found ways, and, and they even beat the Buffalo Bills, for goodness sakes. Yeah, no, Sala. Uh, so I like to kind of group coaches into their, their coaching style. Mm-hmm. Sala and Vrabel are in their own little world. Mm-hmm. As far as like they're like they're you're going to play my style and I'm going to get guys that play my style. Yeah. And I Zach I Wilson's still not it though. No. No. <laughs> he, but when he doesn't get in the way, it's pretty good. But again, you, you saw, they had one year at BYU and you saw the potential and the front office is like, hey, you know, maybe they got that one wrong. Mm. Still time to figure it out, perhaps, or he's Mark Sanchez 2.0. Whatever. The point is, Mark Sanchez took him to an AFC Championships game. Mm-hmm. Like, you, if everything else is right around him, I think Saul is the kind of coach. And again, I'm not making an excuse for Wilson. He's been doo-doo. But I, I say this because Sala and Vrabel are very much the same in how they have yes. structured things, culture, stylistically. And I there's something there. I think Mike Tomlin is another one of these guys who – culture, style, you will buy in or you will go. And it can be very successful if you have the right... Sirianni might be one of these guys. Yeah, Sirianni's a little... Sirianni's very different. There's there's some adaptiveness, but there's also a culture and a style to it. I'm with you on that. Maybe he's he's splitting the polls. Because on the other end, you've got... And honestly, Shanahan is actually in that group. He has his – it's different style, well, every, but it is every his style. coach does, but, I, I mean – There's I, more I'm, adaptive I'm, coaches. I'm more with you. Yeah, Shanahan is very adaptive. McDaniel, very, very adaptive. adaptive. But with, with Sirianni, he's – he is like a player's coach, mm-hmm. and Vrabel is too. Yep. Vrabel is very much so. And I think you're onto something there that they're players' coaches, but it's built on discipline. Yes. Tomlin, same way. Mm-hmm. Tomlin is the same way, which – I still don't understand. Like Mike Tomlin deserves some sort of lifetime achievement award for, what for having Antonio Brown for that, that long, long and Le'Veon Bell on that team and and Ben. Uh, yeah, I mean, and n- never having an incident. And that guy is like getting <laughs> criticized. No, no criticism ever for Mike James Tomlin. Harrison. James Harrison was Troy Paul the guy who must, kept it all together. J- Troy Paul Amalu and James Harrison must must be like actual saints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Uh, I'm with you on that. Like they, they, uh, it does feel like Robert Sala kind of does fit in that vibe. Yeah. We were talking about this with Kai Becton in, at the and going to bat for him. Yes, yeah. Where it, it's discipline, it is hard edged, but at the same time, very pro- player friendly. It's empathetic. Fits in that as yes, well. and I think there's something to be said there in how the Jets are going about things, and that's promising. Mm. Like, like I, I know the Steelers have only won one Super Bowl in like the what, last 20 years. 
But is, outside of the Patriots, who's who's been more successful? Yeah, stable and uh, stable franchise. Yeah. This could be the first year that Mike Tom was going to have a losing record. It's incredible in his career. Yeah, not in the last five years, not in the last ten years in his career, which I think is this year. 17 for him as head coach? Boy, they're just bad, though. They, like, they are very bad. bad. You're just like, man, nah, you don't you don't trust them anymore, and they're one of those teams that you could always just trust. And they get Cincinnati, and Cincinnati's back's against the wall now. I mean, they, they need to keep up the mm-hmm. fight. Um, but we were talking about the AFC East with, with Sala and the yes. Jets, where the one hurdle that like they need to be able to clear is, and this is where it comes down to, like, hey, the entire AFC East is going to make it in. No, it's not, because... The Jets are eventually going to have to beat New England. They haven't beaten them since 2015. <laughs> and they beat a very good Bills team. It, yeah, they beat them just last week. Mm-hmm. But you, what happened right before they had their bye week? They lost to New England in, inexplicably after rifling off four straight wins. Everybody's like, the Jets are good. Yep. Like, and, and you couldn't argue it. They'd won five of their last six, and, four in a row. And you're like, whoa, here they come. And then <laughs> big old turd burger there. If they can get over this hump, I'm buying into the the Jets. And this is not a good Patriots team. That's the thing about it. And that, like that's the flummoxing thing about their loss to them was that like this isn't a good Patriots team. By that was no a stretch. That was a Wilson carnival. Uh, uh, that game, was right? a that was the three five, uh, three picks two, two two fumble game. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was the it carnival was Bears. Yes. So where he tried to throw it out of bounds and it didn't even make it. it got picked off on yes. the sideline. Yeah. So even even in that, it was a 22-17 game. Yep. So here's what's interesting about the Jets. Here's what they've done to, to opponents over the last, uh, what is it, six weeks. 20 points, 17 points, 10 points, 9 points, 22 points, 17 points. And they got the sauce. 22 points is the most points they've allowed in the last six weeks. And that was with five turnovers. Oof. Their defense is on fuego. Yeah. <clears throat> sauce is... Brees He's Hall so was running away with rookie of the year offensively. Sauce is it's done. Sauce might be the second best corner in the NFL behind Patrick Sertan the second. Yeah, Seahawks and Jets, best two drafting teams in football this year. Not Hands even down. Close. No, they they they, I mean, they ran they, away with it. They may go down and have like pillars of their franchise in one draft, both of them. Like three three guys on each side that are you're pretty you're gonna crazy. have for like seven years. Pretty, pretty crazy. Not too shabby. All right, we get you set for uh, the weekend on the fan and uh, what's coming up uh, for you. Hey, World Cup, Blazers, football, what? Danny and Dusty on the fan. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the ALNA Sports Club. On 1080 The Fans. All right, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, the Buffalo Bill Stadium. Feet of snow. Looks playable. I mean, it looks like you can, it looks like you can play a game there. Listen, I want to see a game played there. <laughs> I absolutely mean, want to see a game played there. I, it, it, this pains me to say, I guess it was the right move to move the game. There's like seven Buffalo feet of snow. Detroit. It's insane. Like, I'm sitting there looking at that stadium going, I don't know how you get that thing playable once the snow stops. Well, that's the thing is, it's going to be so cold in Buffalo for the next four or five months. That snow's going to be... That, this is fantastic. Like, how do they How do they get that stadium ready well, the week after? you are underestimating the Bills Mafia. Give the Bills Mafia a couple of hours. Just get a snowmobile there and dig it out? Yeah, they'll dig that bad boy out. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, they'll just, like, huck it all over the edge, and you'll just have a big snowbank out in front of the stadium. It'll be perfect. But it is 
the pictures in Buffalo are incredible. And, ooh, follow-up to yesterday conversation. Thunder snow. Thunder snow. Looks so rad. It's awesome. And uh, if I feel like my description of, yeah, it's the same thing as, like, thunder and lightning, but with snow instead of rain, that's it. It's basically what it is. It, it's, it's incredible to see, though. And the weatherman that, that has a video up, I, I tweeted out, at Dusty underscore Hera. Uh, it, it was incredible to see how excited that weather nerd was because weather's pretty cool. I'm officially old by saying that. No, weather it, is cool. Weather is cool. Damn. Um, all right. We got a big sports weekend. We do. Uh, 11-15 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Beavs and ASU on ESPN2. Yes. Okay. We got Blazers tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Um, Take it on the Utah Jazz. Ooh. Top of the Western Conference. Who yes. saw that coming? Battle for supremacy in the Western Conference. You've got the uh, Banks Braves in the semifinals. Oh yeah, we're taking on the Kennedy Trojans. It'll be a fun game at Airfield, uh, yeah, Hillsborough Stadium. Hillsborough Eleven a.m. We got the early one. Early kick. We Oof. got the early kick. Ooh, buddy. Yeah. Um, Ooh, Nelly. Semifinals. Let's go. I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, hey, and we got semifinals tonight. Uh, five and six a. That is look. Yeah, I was talking with uh, one of my buddies about, about this. I played in the semifinals 21 years ago. You've been a while. Yeah. And my, my, my experience in, in the semifinals can drink now. Um, <laughs> it, Mine's 23 years ago. I remember it like it was yesterday, though. And, like, that is something that, like, high school kids, when you're going through it, like, you don't really, like, you feel the nerves, but you don't really realize in what the moment is. how cool those those memories will be and how long they'll last. Where did you play at? For uh, the the Civ- game, yeah. Uh, PG Park okay. is where we played. It. Uh, was it still Civic then? No, it's PG Park. Okay, then. I think we had, I yeah. think we were like the last ones there at Civic. Ninety nine. Well, I mean, same place, but, but yeah, yeah. The name, yeah, yeah. Probably. I, I think that was. I think that was, was last year. Um, but it was like in that that venue, Providence Park, not having football there. Football, high school semifinals and championships. After, somebody told me That's the crazy. other day. Uh, one of the semifinals is at Wilsonville, uh, Barlow, yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, Wilson, like it's yeah. a it's a nice field, but yeah, it's not cool. It, it doesn't feel no. uh, that the gravity of having it at you know that was a cool play. That was one of the cool things to do is like you got to play Hillsborough Stadium at somewhere unique slash PGE, yeah, Providence, whatever you want to call it. Like those are cool, yeah. Like those are those, those are like venues are awesome. those are different opportunities and like for the those." aren't available to everybody. I thought it was kind of weird. Yeah, and it, it is really cool. So if like, uh, you know anybody that is, is if you have a kid playing in it, um, tell them to enjoy the moment and, and because these are awesome, awesome opportunities for uh, young kids out there to be in the semifinals and those championship runs that they go on. Um, but then we have uh, Ducks right here on the fan. Our pregame coverage tomorrow uh, leading you up to a 7.35 kiss. Boy, it starts at 3 o'clock. Uh, live from out in front of the Bashovsky Center, uh, and then leading you up to Jerry, Georgie, Joey, and Terry with pregame starting at 5.30. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be uh, breaking down all the action from the weekend that was in football and the NBA. Coming up, oh, and the World Cup, damn it. World Cup, baby. On Monday. Freaky diggy Dutch. Go USA. Go Croatia. Pick that team. Woo. Um, all right, we'll be back to, uh, Monday, noon to three, right here on the Phantom Next Primetime with Isaac and Sook. Bye.
but I'm now the president of everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.